tell me something, Chris. I, I, just, I just why you gotta have to nitpick this? What did you need more? Was it a plot that you were like? <laughs> tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 519 with a review of A Star is Born. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week we have two reviews for you. Earlier in the feed you will find a review of Venom. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying that, or you did enjoy that. Uh, now we're here to talk about A Star is Born. Now, Stephen Miller. Yes. A Star is Born is not a musical, but it is a musical film. Sure. <laughs> um, this film features songs heavily, and I think uh, coming out of this film, a thing people will be talking a lot about is the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big question for you to start off this episode is, I think there's two types of people in this world. Yep. There's the people who are into uh, shallow <laughs> and people who are into maybe it's time if you had to come down on one of those two sides uh, which of those two songs was your favorite from this film uh, I mean you can call me Jack Black because I'm shallow half <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all over shallow I'm super 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 I, I agree that the lyrics don't make sense I'm going <laughs> to give that to you right now I don't care. That moment, we, we talked about it. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that moment where Lady Gaga comes in and says, like, ain't it hard trying to be so hardcore? And then the violin goes, blah, blah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel tingly, like, every time I hear that part of the song. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely the falling slowly of this movie. Like, it, not the heights of falling slowly, but it, it is in that realm for me. I, I, I so I, I am a maybe it's time person. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think that, like, I, I, will, I will concede to you that placed on – if you were to take any random clip of image from this film and put it behind any random clip of Shallow, like, uh, they're going to – it's going to be magical. Yeah. <laughs> I think in pieces – that song is clearly the better song. It's the more impactful. It's the, more, it's the one with, like, the, the biggest swells. It is the mm-hmm. more exciting. But I think from a purely, like – when I'm old and sitting on like a porch whittling shit with, <laughs> which which is I think roughly what, three years, yeah, in three years when that happens. Um, thanks for that. Uh, but I I just think that like there there is I think I I, I, I maybe I identify more with the uh, maybe it's time song. Like I I, I, just, I think it has like it just has it it's. It's the song that I would hear on my own outside of the context of the film. And be like, you know what? I'm not really into country, but that's. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> so, Wildcard, how did you feel about I'll Always Remember Us This Way, the piano song that she plays in her second big performance? Um, Gotta be honest. I When I'm showering in the morning and I'm singing different songs from this film, sure. it's not that one. <laughs> well, it's clearly I, the SNL song that you're singing. <laughs> the what about... What are you doing bringing that ass over here? You have a mirror in the shower, right? Uh, and anyways, I mean, I, I just... I, I, it was, it was, inquiring minds want to sure. know which, which no, song I mean, is I'm, our favorite. I, I'm a fan of both. It's just the, the maybe it's time to let the old waves die song. That 
that feels like I've heard that song oh, many times before. That's like a classic, like finger picking pattern and a good crooning. Like that could be like one of eighty Bob Dylan songs too, and <laughs> I still like it. Like I yeah, enjoy yeah. it. That is the one I would play by myself and enjoy and like noodle around or something while I'm doing on the yeah, guitar. Yeah. That is um, <laughs> not in the shower. Not with you in the shower. Um, but I, I think "Shallow" is definitely the more um, memorable song. Even though I agree, it's kind of a piecewise song. Like I don't think. It's like missing a second verse, and I don't think the chorus actually fits with the bridge or the verse. That like it, it's a weird song, but and that, that's, that's the, the emotional thing. beats still work for so, it. So, so the big scene in the film, um, which is the scene where he calls her out on stage and forces her to play the song mm-hmm. that she doesn't know because she wrote it the night before. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that that scene. Um, even in the moment, she's like, damn, this, this verse is going well. Oh, shit, chorus time? Ah! <laughs> like, it, it, it feels like it, it works perfectly in the trailer as two – it's almost two separate songs, right? right. When it's one song, it, it works as a song. But, like, there is no – there's no graceful transition between verse and chorus. It just suddenly becomes chorus, and you're like, well, now she's doing that thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I agree. Also, just, I mean – we can get into it now. Why is the bridge in the shallow, 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 shallow? And then the resolve is we're far from the shallow now. Tell me something, Chris. <laughs> I, I, just, I just why you gotta have to nitpick this. <laughs> How long have you been writing this? What did you need more? Was it a plot that you were looking? <laughs> I wanted to bring my guitar, and every time you started to go on a tangent, I would start to play that. Uh, what are you writing, Johnson? Uh, all right, so <clears throat> we got this out of the way. We've had our we've had our battle over the songs that yep. are our favorite, uh, or the song that is both of our favorites. Um, but what do you say we get into this film um, and let people know, like, whether outside of the music it has any value? <laughs> uh, hold on. I just want to get another look at you. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for A Star is Born and then come back and give you guys a review. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Takes a lot to change. Hell, it takes a lot to try You know, man, in the old days I always knew, like, you were gonna do something That you'd be alright It's the first time I'm worried about you Can I ask you a personal question? Okay Tell me something, girl do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times I find myself along in. Here's what we're gonna do. Come sing that song that I love. 
No, I can't do that. Here, no. come on, here we go. Jack, Jack, Jack. <laughs> Look at me. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. So that was the trailer for Star is Born. Um, it is the story of this guy who is a... a Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine, um, who is a big singer. Um, and uh, he, one night uh, after performing, pulls off into a little bar, uh, encounters a woman played by Lady Gaga, and is kind of taken by her. And, uh, you know, because she's a beautiful singer. And uh, he's like, wow, like, this is amazing. Um, this chick is cool. I'm going to go hang out with her and then starts to kind of bring her on tour with him. And she sort of starts to blossom into a star, one might say. Um, and it's sort of the story of them kind of like this is a man sort of towards the end of his uh, fame and a woman rising up to fame for the first time. And it's a story of their relationship and uh, a lot of music that is played in this film. Um, yes, yeah, Stephen Miller, what did you think of A Star is Born? Yeah, so um, you and I both saw the trailer many, 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 many times yeah. <laughs> leading up to this movie. Um, I don't know if it was just San Francisco in particular they were playing it a lot, because other people I've talked to hadn't grown to hate the trailer the way that I did. Like, <laughs> you and I were making fun of the trailer like a month before it became a meme on the internet for yeah. people to make fun of the trailer. Um, <laughs> you might say we were making fun of the trailer before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, we we sure were. Um And it got to the point of just watching that trailer over and over again where I kept thinking, how can this be good? Like, what are are they doing to try to sell me on this movie? I don't – I just don't understand. It doesn't seem like a movie that I need right now. And then Buzz started coming out when it premiered uh, at festivals that it was actually, like, quite good. And then the buzz kind of started the temper where people were like, I mean, it it wasn't that good. It was just, like, pretty good. Like, people didn't really seem to know where to fit it. And I think I understand that reaction because With the, the 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 like tamping down of yeah the, the praising yeah. and then the tamping down because I was pretty like smitten by this movie certainly the first the upwards arc the star being born part of the movie yeah I think that pulls off a very special thing that is hard to do in a movie which is. But things like How to Train Your Dragon or Gravity, for instance, they're movies where they start with like a small scale yeah. and then blow it up all of a sudden, where you travel like a distance that you didn't know you were going to go, and they manage to give you a sense of scale in a way where, like, by the time the grand arc is happening, it feels like very exciting because you you are in the headspace of a person who was also in the regular place too, right? Like when Sandra Bullock is like flying toward the earth spoilers for gravity (laughs) (laughs) it feels crazy because you've been with her up there for that whole time right um and that's how i felt with uh lady gaga in this movie where when we find her 
you know, she she is a performer, like on a on a small scale, but we're seeing her kind of in intimate situations, right? Like talking with Jackson Maine at a bar, sitting in a parking lot, writing songs together, talking with her dad in their kind of crowded house and going on that journey that feels like it isn't real time, but it felt kind of link lettery, right? And like it was letting things be aimless and letting conversations have room to breathe. The period of time where she goes from like being picked up from her workplace to being pulled on stage, being told like you're about to join me in the song, I, I got chills. Like I, I I loved that part of the movie a lot. And I think there's a lot of romanticism in what the movie is doing here. I think once she becomes a star and it becomes about the second arc of the movie of her fame and Jackson Maine's um, alcoholism, <clears throat> the the movie definitely becomes a lot more traditional in a way that, like, I still enjoyed the romanticism of how it was made. I thought it was, like, a very, very, very watchable movie. I think Bradley Cooper is clearly an actor directing people <clears throat> where, like, what he cares about above all else is letting actors be actors, right? Like, there, there aren't a lot of scenes in this movie that I remember apart from the people talking or singing during them. Yeah. But I, I, I just think he does a really, really, really nice job with that story. <clears throat> so, like, I think it's a, a very beautifully crafted film. I definitely think the thing that makes it so special in the first half starts to fall apart, like, as the cliches ramp up. And I feel like even though this is meant to be... Lady Gaga's movie, I think, it doesn't feel like it by the end. Like, it feels like every time Lady Gaga is about to have a moment, Jackson Maine takes all the glory again. And her career, we're kind of seen from his sort of cynical lens, where we never really get a feeling of, like, what is her creative expression now? We're seeing more of, like, like the SNL bit halfway through this movie. We're seeing what feels like it has to be a parody of what her life would have been at that moment. Yeah. And that didn't rub me the right way. Um like so, I think the arc isn't perfect, but I I do think it was like a very lovely emotional movie. I think La La Land is definitely an apt comparison. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm 100 going to bring up La La Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think La La Land nails the ending better than this movie does. So much. I think this movie nails most of the rest, at least as well, if not better than La. Like it feels more soulful. This is like the more low blood pressure version of what La La Land is doing, which is more about like youthful angst of like how are we going to make it what are we going to do this movie just feels like a like a warm cozy like lolling hill up to stardom and then back down um even if it doesn't have any flight of fancy that's like as beautiful as the way la la land goes out on um i think once is another good comparison the music here isn't chill inducing in the way that once is chill inducing for me but it definitely has that joy of just like a man and woman like singing together and kind of the power of music and the way that that can substitute for actual emotions. Like we don't really see them fall in love in conversation in this movie much. Like once they're together, most of their conversations or their arguments are almost nothing, but the, the music substitutes for that. Like that's how powerful music is. Is it like, it made me still believe it, even though the movie was kind of telegraphing it for a lot of the, the journey. Um, there's, you can compare it to a million other things, but I want to hear what you think. So I, I, I along with you, made fun of this trailer a lot um, because we saw it so much. And, you know, Bradley Cooper is just doing this weird, like, sunburnt, 
Western dude kind of whatever the hell he's doing. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking he was doing a Sam Elliott in the trailer. <laughs> this movie definitely goes at great lengths to explain that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was just like a thing where like watching the trailer – I still was excited for the film. Like I thought, I was like, I, I was prepared to watch this movie and like cry and love the music and and just be like amazed by it. Um, but I, but it was it was just fun to kind of tease and make fun of. Like I, it was just a thing where it's like people were starting to hate the trailer so much that it was fun to bring it up as like a thing. It's it's like trolling people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never sore on the trailer because the music in the trailer is great right <laughs> um so so i i, I walked in this extremely optimistic um i think the uh uh what i'll call meat drunk <laughs> at the beginning of this film is is fantastic mm-hmm. um i think there his kind of just aimlessly stumbling into this place um that is not a place that he would normally walk into but he just wants a drink um it's like pre showing his alcoholism alcoholism um walking in there seeing this girl um kind of just hanging out with like the crowd in that bar yeah. and kind of just like being charming uh but like he's like on the edge of being too drunk but he but he still has this charisma to him yeah. and an, a joy of being there and the people are excited to have him there because they know who he is and just there there's this this fun level of there and watching lady gaga's character kind of be like oh there's an, like another guy talking to me but i'm not going to pay attention to him but like he's kind of here and he's being persistent and like just that sort of intertwining before them um is 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 really interesting and compelling and the performances are great in it and you're watching this like sort of progression of these two characters um coming together and realizing that like this is more than just a night of drinking like let let's like you are interested in who i am as a person i'm interested in like the fact that you're interested in me as a person (laughs) um and like i i really enjoyed that part um, you know, that that part of the film climaxes with this performance um, that happens on stage that's in the trailer that we've been talking about this whole time. And I think immediately after that, this film starts to go downhill real fast. Mm. Um, I this I found this film extremely frustrating. Um, I think that this film. So. Th- this film is sort of a biopic, right? It's It's, it's like a. It's like a walk the line. It's, type it, it, it's it's a it's a biopic of two separate stories that are sort of like uh, intermingling with each other, and I think that when you have a story about a real person, um, a a real singer or a real actor or a real anybody, you have some sort of tangential knowledge of who that person is and what that person meant to you throughout life and now like you know bohemian rhapsody is is coming out soon and it's like people are walking in with their own knowledge of queen and they want to see this dramatization of the life uh, of and and how that group got together and like how they changed music blah 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 blah. um however successful or not that film is i'm gonna guess not (laughs) yeah well that that's beyond that's not the point i'm trying to make but like when you watch a film like that you're bringing something into it and you just need to stick in that space and maybe get some information that you didn't have already or you're just kind of like, oh, I want to watch a thing about this thing that I really like, mm-hmm. right? A Star is Born is not a real-life biopic. It is a story of this made-up person, correct? Um, yeah. So, a, a story that's been retold like yeah, yeah. four times now. Yeah. But well, it's always a different story, but the same idea. Yeah, know. yeah. But the, the problem is that the weaknesses of a true-to-life biopic – 
are overcome by the fact that this is a person that you care about and that you have pre-knowledge of. This film has those same holes and those that lack of narrative. Um, but the problem is that like because it's not a real person that doesn't have a real end that you're arriving at, you have to justify all of the t- decisions that happen. Like we, when we watch films that are about a real story, there's there's tons of times where like we've commented on the fact that like ooh, it feels like this scene's only here because it's real. Yeah. Um, and this film has these scenes. Really? Like, what, what's an example? Oh, okay, okay. So, so for instance, this. Okay, so we 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 understand that he's an alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Fine. Um, this film sort of blames his alcoholism on several different things: his upbringing, um, uh, the relationship he had with his father. Uh, so that's cool. If that was, and it's not cool, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, like okay, all right. You've yeah. decided that because of because he was raised by an alcoholic and he had problems at the beginning of life, that that has sort of been instilled in him, and he has become the thing that he was worried about back then. Fine. The problem is the story is also that this musician who spent his whole life performing and is now famous now has this ringing in his ear because he's had like irreparable damage to his eardrums and he has to drink to drown out the ringing right that is sort of a thing that is hinted at um and is sort of an explanation for why he drinks so much fine if that was the explanation that would be fine but also the explanation is how he was raised okay we have two explanations that's fine now this is a story about a man who has a reason to live now because he has this really creative, intelligent, beautiful woman who he thinks has something to say. And then it goes into this La La, La, La Land territory where he's trying to save music mm-hmm. and she's becoming a pop star. I, and well, I think that is the worst part of the movie is that element, by yeah. the way. But like, he takes her aside to say like, hey, if they take away what you have to say, they're taking away you, so don't let them do that. That's fine. But like, so you have like these three completing narratives is like, uh... Pop stardom is destroying this creative mind, thus I need to drink. I have damage in my ears that I can't drown out unless I drink, thus I need to drink. I had a bad upgrading. It's like, it's like three completely different don't stories. Don't you think that's how an alcoholic would tell their own story? There's like everything is a reason for but why they this drink? Is the, he's not telling the story, though. This is not his like, – it's his story, unfortunately – but it's through the eyes of Lady Gaga. So, like, I think that, like, having all these scenes where he's, like, pouring his heart out about these problems that he has are undercut by the fact that that's not really, like, it's, this film wants to have all these different stories and doesn't dedicate enough time to any of those stories. And here's the reason why it doesn't. Because it wants to play the entire runtime of each of the songs over and over and over throughout the film. Like, the song is great, but we don't need to hear the whole song four times. And then the other whole song four times. Like, there are scenes... Like, this feels like... Like, I don't know whether or not Bradley Cooper can actually play the guitar, but I assume that he can because this feels like he wants people to know that he can play the guitar, right? And 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 like I said, he might not be able to play the guitar. This might all be fake. But it feels like the, the film takes time away from the story it's trying to tell just so you can listen to music, which if this was a musical would be fine because the musical aspect of the, like the songs would be giving us the narrative and see I, that that, <clears throat> that that's interesting to me because i didn't get that feeling like I, I i felt like this had exactly as much music as it should have which is like it's showing two people where their lives are mostly explained by music and their relationship to music and it's kind of doing like a slice of life thing of like <clears throat> let's watch 
how these people live. Mostly Bradley Cooper. I I agree that's like kind of to its detriment. I would have wanted to see like more of Lady Gaga's discovery as she's starting to go out there too. Yeah. But I think I don't know. May, maybe it's just that I think I've like I'm aware of this type. Like I've met some people before that have been somewhat like this character where they're always like on the edge of they're like a needle balancing on its tip right and like so many things in the moment could be the thing that they blame on like why they fall off right why something new happens but there's this like charm to that like you mentioned bradley cooper's charisma and i think like his character in the bar at the beginning he is like not very coherent like you said he's like probably too drunk yeah but he has this like charm and kind of like a, a manipulative way of seeming at ease all the time that like brings people into his orbit and he kind of like sucks them up yeah. and like maybe by the time he lets them out they're like i don't think i actually know you at all and that's kind of how i feel like the arc of the movie is which is not the way the movie is telling it but i feel like lady gaga at the end would probably think like did we have a relationship but that that's what I thought watching mm-hmm. the film, like I, I honestly, I get why she was like, "Ooh, I want to go on another date with this guy." I don't get that they were in love. I don't get that they even had a relationship. I they like. I mean, I think that's hinted when he he calls her his girlfriend by mistake when he's drunk at some point, and she's like, "We're married." Yeah, you, you know, it, it, it's like all of this has been swept up in this. Uh, thing where it's like the creative process is is what they're in love with and it isn't necessarily a relationship apart from that yeah yeah so anyway all that to say that i think like i think the movie is taking its time to show people playing music in a like slice of lifey way like that's what it wants to do like it it doesn't want to be telling those narratives very directly it wants us to be like coasting with the character and i do think it kind of romanticizes him to a fault there where it it really wants us to believe that, like, Lady Gaga singing on SNL is, like, nobly driving him to drink, right? Like, there's a few of those where I'm like, come on, movie. Don't, yeah, yeah. No, you that... don't have to do that, right? Like, I get that's what he would think in the moment, but you're telegraphing it to me as if that is, like, the right way to see the situation. Yeah, and but that's the thing, too, is, like, she she has a notebook of songs that she's writing, and they don't do a good enough job of explaining that her manager is causing, like, obviously the manager wants her to dye her hair and do all these things, and you can see him controlling the image of her. Mm -hmm. But there is no explanation for why she needs to churn out these, like, get over here with that ass or whatever the song is that she sings at SNL. Like, it's, it's there, like, the script calls for her to be doing songs that have no merit, so she does songs that have no merit. So that's what I'm wondering, is if the script wants us to believe the songs have no merit like the snl one for sure yeah yeah. i i wonder in general if it does like does the script think jackson main is right that like having a backup dancer or singing pop music is selling your soul and the, the country s- rock is the only real way of expressing your voice the script 100 percent believes that because i i couldn't i couldn't tell i don't want it to i want jackson main to be like egomaniacal and he thinks this his bleeding heart way of living is the only way of being honest and i want him to be wrong about that he 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 quote falls for her in the moment because she ad-libs a song that he thinks has meaning Mm. like she takes an emotion he's feeling and writes writes a verse in the moment 
and he goes fucking this angel, right? Yeah. Like, and he is in love with her creative potential. Like, he wants her to become a star, which is also weird because the film wants to play like he's jealous of her stardom and upset that like she like it's it's weird. It starts with this thing where there's this war between him and the the agent, where it's like, oh well, like he's taking all your time and making you do all this other music stuff and making you a star on your own which i think all makes sense if you think of him as like a codependent alcoholic right who's like he wants to be giving and giving and giving but what he's really also doing is taking and taking but the movie again it, it's too romantic like it isn't playing it that way it's playing it as if like this is a pure struggle like a war between the two impulses yeah yeah i i, I just feel i guess that like he he never makes any attempt to, like, get her off the ground as a singer. He just wants her singing on his stage, right? Like, mm. because he wants to be around her and seeing her potential himself. But I just, it just felt weird. Also, if you were in a band and it was, like, Jackson Maine and the Bandits or whatever the fuck the group is called. Mm-hmm. And then just sudden, suddenly this guy's like, my new girlfriend that I met last night is going to come sing. You're like, all right, fine. Oh, she's just going on tour with us now? Oh, she's going to sing, like, all the songs? Yeah, that never famously happened to the Beatles. <laughs> no, but, but that's what I mean. Like, it causes yeah. conflict, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This film, no one in the band ever goes, like, eh, like, uh, why, why is the girl around all the time, right? I, I guess I, I think in this film, the band is more, like, an elevated studio musician group, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't... Th- I, I think Jackson Maine is supposed to be the thing, and it's, like, his whims are what people are following around. Yeah. So what I found... And I feel I feel funny because I, I really enjoyed this movie, but, like, this is mostly going into criticism because I think the... I'll get back to the positives of it later. One, <laughs> one criticism I have kind of around that is, like, not only is it clearly the Jackson main show, I feel like the movie's sense of time and place is kind of weird because, like, we're definitely supposed to believe in the beginning of this movie, I think, that Jackson Maine is an extraordinarily beloved musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's right already now. selling out shows that are huge arenas. Yeah, yeah. and it it's made to feel like it's in the 70s or something at the beginning, except for the fact that like Lady Gaga's definitely on her cell phone in the beginning. So <laughs> you, you know it's modern day, but the, like, just the fact that this music is like selling out arenas and everyone everywhere knows I, who you are. I think that's just the South, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not in the South, I don't think. I think, well, because she, she... I think they're she, near like LA she, or something. She's in LA. Movie. But remember, when she goes to the show that she sings at, he flies her there. Yeah. He gets, I assume uh, he flew her to, like, Coachella or something. I, I don't know. But either way, like, it's it's definitely, he, I mean, he... Or, like, like the Shoreline Amphitheater, maybe, even. <laughs> they have, they have, or like... Or, no, it's Red Rock. Maybe. I, don't, I don't know. They had a farm, yeah. right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know where in, in yeah. L.A. you're going to have room for a farm. Anyway, ignore the actual, like, decade that it's, like, in. I think it's yeah. meant to feel a little timeless. Like, I, I think on purpose it doesn't feel... They don't yeah. rub in your face that it's, like, 2018 that much. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to feel like this may have happened four other times before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I can't tell how much time has elapsed in this movie because at the beginning, it seems like he is the hottest shit and everyone is so excited just to meet him. Yeah. And by the midpoint, it seems like he is a washed-up artist. And all of that seems to happen while he is on the same tour and the same tour where Lady Gaga goes from being an unknown to already having shows of her own and an agent and stuff like that. And I, I couldn't tell if the movie is just trying to, like, disorient you on purpose because it, like, doesn't matter. Like, it's just, well, like, 
tracing, <laughs> like, this is how it feels to be in this boat. But the arc feels like it's, like, very, very, very tight in a way that doesn't make no, that it, much it, of sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, she goes from, they have their first date, then she's performing on stage the following night, a week, <laughs> that night, after she's done, she gets an agent. The next week, she has three Grammys. <laughs> And then, like, she's to be on fair, SNL. She gets the agent, like, two nights later. It's when she sings the piano song. Oh, okay, she gotcha. Um, but that guy clearly showed up because of the yeah. performance that he saw on YouTube. Um, uh, I, I just, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like this film is a series of montages mm-hmm. that are strewn together, intercut with the entire runtime of one of the songs. Um, and I think that, to me... Um, that didn't equal what this, the trailer for this film promised. And that's not just like an expectation versus whatever thing. Like, there's this film is more concerned with performing at you than, than making you feel things outside of the songs. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me, that felt kind of, like for me, the like I got, got a little misty when she first performs the song on stage just because like everything's going crazy and like she's like, oh my God, I'm flying and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, beyond that, the only moment that I legitimately teared up in this entire film takes place between the two brothers, and it's just it's, out of nowhere. But it just it's happened. amazing. No, it's amazing, but it has no right to be that amazing. But so th- this is where I'm going to pivot back to praise again for a while, because there's a lot I didn't do up top that I want to. I think, okay, so Lady Gaga is great in this movie. Like, I'm sure she's going to get nominated. She's probably going to win... I, I'm sure she will not have been the best actress of the year, but given all the things that the Academy loves and the fact that they love someone who can sing and act, I'm not going to be upset at all when, when she wins. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, I think, is great in this movie, too. Like, I've I've always kind of liked him, but I think he really inhabits this, like, loose, like, charismatic while being kind of sloppy at the same time attitude in a way that's really nice. But Sam Elliott, like fucking mvp in this movie every scene that he's in i like got close to crying <laughs> yeah, um he's good and, and he does so much with so little like like there's a scene he just like it shows like a little bit of a tear in his eye and i'm done like that's like showing me more than any actor this year already yeah, yeah. um uh yeah i, I, I don't know everybody I, I just think like Andrew Dice Clay too as the as the dad. I think he has like you don't get to see a lot of him, but you really feel like who he is and who that character is. Uh, Dave Chappelle was fine; he didn't get much to do, which makes it really funny how much like trailers were making sure we knew that Dave Chappelle was in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think all of, this is definitely an actors movie, and I think all of the actors, especially the supporting cast, are like really, really, really incredible in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't take that away from this film at all. Like, I think everybody is pretty great. Um, if Lady Gaga wins, fine, that's cool. Bradley Cooper wins, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's he's great in this. I don't want to take anything away from his performance. I just, I, what he is doing, I think, is different than what Lady Gaga is doing, and I think is just. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy with the performances that everybody gave to me. I'm just not happy with the narrative the film gave to me. And, and, I, I never didn't enjoy watching the film. I just, I, I don't think it's that spectacular of a film. Um, and it will continue to be talked about as a spectacular film. And that is sort of like unearned in my kind of point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has stellar parts 
in it. I, um, I think like what it really is is just a. It has a little bit of everything, right? Like I, I totally understand why people saw this movie and were like, "That is like the Oscar contender to beat now," because it's like it's got music, it's got like sweeping melodrama, it's got like throwbacky emotions the way that Hollywood people would like. It's got the the older charm because it feels kind of like like a slow Clint Eastwoody thing, but it also have the younger charm because Lady Gaga's in it. So like fucking everybody wants to see what the Lady Gaga movie is. Like <laughs> I get I get it I get it. The, like for me, this is certainly not going to be like among my top five favorite movies of the year. But I do still think it's like very very good, and it's it's hard to make a movie that is that solid to so many different people. And I think. It's interesting that Bradley Cooper kind of did that while also making a weird movie. Like he made weird decisions. Like the the time jumping is weird, right? Yeah. The the there's no way he didn't realize that when he was making it. Like it seemed like he was trying to get the the feeling of like a before midnight type movie. The feeling of it being almost real time paired with the fact that it's an arc meant to take place over a relationship. Yeah. And like the way he chose to do that was to just comet style like shove it all together right where it's like we're just going to go on this whole arc as if it were like one long road trip that we're on together it it, it, you know it's it's funny like as you're saying that i'm starting to think in my head this feels like a film where the film is technically two people having a conversation remembering something from the future not the future but like you know what i mean like this is two people maybe meeting up at like a mutual friend's wedding or something like that having been separated for a long time and then having a conversation about why things didn't work out. And then the film that we did watch is all of the flashbacks during that conversation. You just reinvented <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it feels like. It, it feels like we're missing the thing that runs this film together. Mm-hmm. And instead we're getting the moments of the life of two people um, without the thing, the narrative glue. Um yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just think the this is gonna sound cheesy, but I think the the soul <laughs> of the movie and maybe music is a shorthand for soul, right? Maybe I'm a sucker. I don't know, but the soul of the movie holds it together still. And I think like it wants it to be those fragments where you're kind of floating through it. Like I I wouldn't say it wants to be montages, but it does want to be like sliced up emotions like i i think that's on purpose i don't think it's like it being lazy for doing that um it wants you to kind of float through two people who are wrapped up in each other but they're also wrapped up in creativity and fame and like their different feelings toward fame and it's trying to like make you feel that without having to tell you all of it and i i don't know why he chose that particular way but i do think it like it, it, it worked on me for the most part. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do like a little spoiler section, I think, <laughs> to to talk about the ending. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I thought it looked really nice too. Like for a first time director, like this this is a very 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 confident movie. I think like it's long and sprawling, and it nails it with like it, it never really feels like he's phoning it into me. It doesn't ever look like another movie. Um. I think it's at its best on stage, like from the stage point of view, looking out at a crowd. That's something that I hadn't really seen to that degree before. Yeah. Carson wanted me to tell you that uh, Bradley Cooper was inspired 
when he went to a Metallica show and stood backstage <laughs> and saw what the crowd looked like when it was roaring from Metallica's perspective. Yeah. And then he watched the uh, the documentary that Carson <laughs> put it put in his top five in 2013. And so Carson says, suck it for that. <laughs> nice. Classy. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Like, he nailed that aspect of this film. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. <laughs> so. Yep. Okay. I think I'm ready for spoilers. All right. Uh, so, let's do the verdicts first. Um, then we can close out the episode and then get to spoilers after for those who want to stick around. So, for now, Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm still rounding up to must-see, even though I see, like, again, I think the the upwards arc I liked a lot more than the flat line to downwards arc later. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is at its best when it's showing the chemistry between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And the moment it tries to just like split them off and show us what they look like alone, I think the movie isn't as good. Um, but I still think it is like a very, very, very nice watchable movie that takes more risks than I would have expected for something that should just be pure Oscar bait. Like, I don't think it's cute or clever or like doing the things that you could criticize La La Land for. I think it's trying to be a more like adult, somber movie, and I I enjoy that. Though I'm gonna make Carson mad and say Born to Be Blue is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I like I said, this is not an unentertaining film. I think that most people who watch this film will enjoy it on some level. So I'm still gonna give it a recommend of the caveat. I just think that it's it is a messy film and that it's trying to do a lot of different things um, without like a directed point of trying to like follow one path through this history of this couple. Like it's kind of like trying to hit all these ideas. And I think it's, it's, it confuses itself a little bit on what it wants to say and do. Um, But it has great music and great performances. And for that, it is entertaining watch. Um, I just, I, I'm wary to talk about it like it's the greatest film that's come out this year. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it, it, it is suffering from overhype, I'm sure, if people go into it thinking this will be the best thing ever. Yeah. I think what you need to go into it thinking is, like, this is the most four-quadrant thing so far. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is probably a much more fair. <laughs> I don't know First Man yet. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for First Man. I do have to say, too, if if you, like me, are charmed enough by, like, musical centerpieces in the middle to make you just want to float through the rest of the movie carson's gonna hate me but you should watch love and mercy i like uh, (laughs) the music scenes the studio scenes in that movie are so 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 good anyway that's my plug cool um well that is gonna do it for the 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 main review for our review of a star is born uh we're gonna close out the episode now and then uh musical musical fade out and then when music comes back we'll be in spoilers so for now Stephen miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that people can go to twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show um you can also find links um under the subscribe tab uh, that will show you where you can find our episode around the internet and around different apps that you may use on a day-to-day basis um if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning or like us at facebook.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to A Star is Born, so hopefully you are enjoying that. As I said, that music is going to fade up 
when the music fades back out, we will be in full-blown spoilers, so be wary. <laughs> Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling. All right, uh, we are back. This is Spoiler Territory. It's the after part of a review of A Star is Born. We're going to be talking full-blown spoilers. Stephen Miller. <laughs> yeah, so what, what I really wanted to know is... When did you know that Jackson Maine was going to kill himself? Uh, when he told the old guy in his rehab the story about trying to kill himself when he was younger. Mm. I was like, this is telegraphing what he's going to do later. Because I, I, I had similarly, like around then, I knew that the story couldn't end well for him. Yeah. But I do think, like, I like the, quote, romantic arc of having him, like... He's basically a star who chooses to die so the other can burn brighter because he decides that, like, he realizes that he is, like, a person that's going to keep, like, pulling Lady Gaga back into his orbit and he thinks she's bigger than that and so he wants to... But it's like a romantic idea on paper, right? What I really don't like about the way it happened is that the fucking manager... The Lady Gaga manager character, who I think is, like, by far the worst character in this movie. Like, not the most evil. He's that, too. But I think he's, like, the least believable, also. Having him just, like, walk over and, like... He basically basically tell kill yourself. Yeah, he basically says, like, you should kill yourself. That really, really, really aggravated me. Like, I still think Bradley Cooper holds it together, like you believe his character's sadness enough for the most part, I think. And he's also kind of, it's like an impulsive sadness too. It doesn't necessarily feel like I have thought about this and deduced after like a long time of study that this must be done. It kind of seems like an impulsive person who like makes wild decisions on a spur of the moment. And he made one very bad decision, but yeah, that, that beat, because of how like much I hated the tour manager, yeah. that beat didn't really work for me. And so the whole musical montage that happens at the same time didn't work for me very much either. And the Lady Gaga number that she ends on didn't really work for me. Like the movie got so close to sticking the landing to me and it to me that was the worst part of the movie was the last like five to ten minutes, except for Sam Elliott and Lady Gaga crying about it because Sam Elliott was good and everything. Yeah. Like if if he didn't literally try to kill himself the exact same way with his belt that he took off and then, like, hanging himself, like, there's plenty of other ways he could have gone out that would have just felt like, okay, that's that's him, like, he can't go on or whatever. But, like, having it be a mirrored image of that thing. And all, so, going back to the messiness of this film, he tried to take his life when he was young, but, like, his brother thinks that he idolized the dad which means that the brother didn't realize that he was unhappy when he was a child. But th- so like, but he the brother never... doesn't know he idolized him. Right. Does, doesn't that happen in a, one yeah. of their conversations about yeah. taking his voice? Yeah. yeah. He, so he learns that after he gets out of rehab. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is the brother has grown up thinking that he has idolized their father, which means that he thought he was fine as a kid. Doesn't know that he tried to take his own life apparently. Um, and just thinks that he has a problem with alcoholism now because he learned it from his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know what the real reason is behind that stuff that is apparently there. We never get 
we don't we never find out that Bradley Cooper had a bad childhood. Like we don't understand what was happening there. We just know that that the father was drunk a lot and he had to watch himself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's already a a little bit messy. But I what, what's weird though is that like. You don't like what the the manager tells him because of like that guy's a dick and where it leads. But the problem is Bradley Cooper's character believes that the manager is the thing that's ruining his wife mm-hmm. because the manager represents this weird pop star thing that she is being turned into. But so don't, Brad- don't you think that was like alcoholic? Bradley Cooper believes that and sober rehab Bradley Cooper is trying to think differently. He's I mean, he's not sober sober at that point in time he's like constantly relapsing right like i do he's definitely not sober when he hangs himself well no but that's that's his moment of relapse is like right before he he hangs himself i think he's supposed to be sober until then i i believe you're i think you're supposed to believe that maybe i i I think i think he relapsed so many times in the film that I literally never, I never trust that he's ever going to be sober. Mm-hmm. And I think I checked out of checking his soberness mm-hmm. um, because he would be 100% sober and then just be like, fuck this and grab a beer. And I never like, there was never progression to it. There was never him fighting whether or not he wants to take it. He would just be like, fuck it and walk over and grab a, grab a beer. So like, it, to me, that was hard to follow. But to, But I still believe that like he, I don't think that he has... If I'm him and I fell in love with this girl because of her ability to uh, output creative expression in a way that I found beautiful and thought that she was this light that is the star. Like his version of her being a star was her saying something important to people and them listening to it. Um, the world's version of her being a star is just they can buy albums and posters and whatever. Mm-hmm. I, If I'm him, the way the story is communicated to me – I see the manager as the problem. So when the problem comes to me and says, I'm the problem, I'm just like... Punch him in the face. Are you... Yeah, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you are the pro. Like, you're the one that's ruining my wife, and I think less But but the thing is, at at this point, he is, like, racked with guilt over what he did at her Grammy ceremony. Yeah. With the things he said to her while he was drunk. I, like, I think he, he has had a lot of time of thinking, like, I am this thing that she is, like, stapled to that is bad news, right? Like, yeah. And I will say that Grammy scene, I thought, was, like, s- that pushed the cringe element, like, oh, beyond like, where I was okay with. No, none of, but, but none of that would have actually happened. Yeah, like, right. he wouldn't have been put into his seat right before, like, they would have been like, oh, like, wh- whoever the PA was who was like, oh... Yeah, he's fine. Let's put him in the seat. Like, that just never would happen. Like, I don't believe that scene happens. There may be a ruckus that happens sure. off stage. It's a very heightened scene. Yeah, it, it just, it just it doesn't feel real. But I, I just, to me, I, I, I just, there's, there's a disconnect for me in where he thinks she is better with him dead. Like, if you can make the weird, bizarro, backwards argument of like, an artist usually becomes really big after they take their own life. And he's for some reason applying that to her. Like if he takes his life, then it will help her. Like unless it's an action like that, which the film does not communicate as his motive. um, It doesn't make sense to me. Like why he chooses an act that selfish, like what he thinks is accomplishing that like 
oh, I'm holding her back being drunk all the time. So if I do something that would devastate her, she'll definitely be fine. Like, I, I just, I, I, there's no internal logic to it. Um, and I know it's an emotional mm. action, but I feel that like... I mean, I think the internal logic is that he thinks, and he's wrong, right? Yeah. He thinks that as long as he exists, she is always going to come back to him. And he sees her like lie about why she's ending the tour early, right? And like, yeah. she's like, she's coming up with these reasons when the real reason is like, she wants to be near him because she's afraid of what would happen if he's alone again. Yeah. Um, so... I, I can understand why that emotional logic would hold for someone, right? But but like you think like rip off the band-aid. So here's here's the funny thing too is let's pretend like he knows let's pretend he picks up on it and he knows that she lied and that she canceled the tour because of him. Well he does because the tour manager had already told him otherwise earlier. The tour manager already said like she's like like cutting out Europe for this or like there was something like that of like we barely were able to salvage it okay well I, I just thought but he meant she presents it as like I thought he oh meant, it's like, just so good they want me to you know yeah I, I thought he meant the like the image of it mm. but anyways regardless right so he knows that she's lying so he does something that if she wasn't canceling the tour would cause her to cancel the tour right like it just mm-hmm. I it's it it feels like a movie ending that is unearned to me and and i just i by that point in the film i was so checked out that like i was like (sighs) i I think maybe i I was just thinking when you were talking about um how like sam elliott his belief about jackson's upbringing and who he idolized and what drives him to drink is so different like Sam Elliott, by the end, has learned that he idolized him, and he probably believes, oh, no, his childhood was actually really terrible, and I wasn't aware. I wasn't there for it. Yeah. And he's racked with some guilt. Lady Gaga sees this totally different interpretation of, like, it was me and my stardom and not doing the thing that he wanted me to do that led to this. And maybe if the movie's saying anything, it's that, like, he's he's, like a star and a star is like a symbol. It's this thing that like you project whatever you want onto it. And the truth is kind of what the movie gets at at the end, which is like, we don't know, like at the end of the day, it's him and it's what he did. And I think the only thing that violates that principle is the movie does seem to depict like an actuality of what drives him to drink. And if it just didn't do that, if we were watching it only from the outsider's perspective, I think that would work a lot better of the idea of like this enigma that you worship and then your worship is also like feeding this ego that is not all good. Like the downside of ego leading to spiraling and things like that. I I actually thought honestly at the end of the film when, uh, when it cuts to like her in that opera house, um, I thought she was just going to be singing opera. Like she left the fantastic woman ending. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, basically I, I kind of assumed that like, after having been through all this stuff, she realized that, like, stardom is terrible, and I don't want to do that. I just want to sing beautifully and do my own thing. And then I was like, oh, it's just a memorial service for the guy. Oh, oh okay. That's mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird, too, is that song isn't... 
you would think that song would be like a rootsy country-ish song because Jackson wrote it, but it sounds like an Aerosmith ballad or something. Like it doesn't, it doesn't Dude, fit. That's the fucked up thing about the song too is he wrote the song and put it in her notebook of songs that she writes for the per like he's basically saying like one day when you're not this shitty pop star and you realize that all of that is dumb and you come back and find this notebook you'll find this song that I wrote for you and it's like it's such a terrible like it's that yeah i mean he's very like emotionally abusive in this movie yeah he's a horrible guy yeah. um and i just it's just interesting like he can't he 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 can't even pretend that he's happy for her mm-hmm. because he's not and I, I i feel like yeah it's just a weird film where it's like it feels almost like he never loved her. He just loved the idea of her. Mm. And the idea of her goes away way early on in the film. And he just spends the rest of the film drunk yeah. <laughs> because he can't take that the thing that he thought he was in love with isn't the thing that he thought he was in love with. And mm. I, I, I like it's like that is not the story that's on screen, but that feels like the truth behind no, the I, relationship. No, I, I think it is. And the only other things that keep pulling him to her is – she's rescuing him repeatedly it's like the little things of her trying to help him and he knows he needs that warmth somewhere but he doesn't he doesn't worship her with the purity that he thinks he does like it's actually extremely conditional and kind of petty too yeah yeah Yeah. but i like i think that's in the movie even though the arc is like more romantic the movie is aware of his dark side or if it isn't it misread 2018 a lot (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh you think (laughs) So I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it's just like a, it's a messy character and it's about like this messy mythos that means multiple things to multiple people. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, I think that's probably going to do it then. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and uh, we will see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Hey. Bye. I just want to take another look at you.